blue flags are coming out, followed by the officials. The referee this evening is from Japan, 41-year-old Ryuji Sato from Nagoya. Long-range try. Oh, keeper spills it. Should be number one. Iran have the lead. The ball is stroked into the net by Mediterranean. Here we go, then. Number two. And we got it spot on. And go for it. And as it is there, he just leaves himself open and just pushes it into that far corner. Here's a clear header, it's through, but doesn't probably uh, be any easier than that. Well, it's, it's a nightmare for the defenders. His second goal is 3 0 now. They're looking for goal number four. Could break anywhere, could go in. He's off the uprights. He's gone in. There is a goal, it has been given. 4 0. Yeah, I think it was a mile over, really, John. Again, the keeper just getting that one wrong. Sadar on the spots, getting his just rewards because he's had a couple of opportunities and chances tonight. Ashkan Mirfrasa Tupo, Bargashtash, Halako Dus, Boom, Boom, Boom. Atash Bazi, Payan Nadore Baroy Pesarone Irani. Gole Panjobra Samane Godus Mizane. Iran Panj, Yaman Sef, Inodiakian. For Iran, it's been a perfect introduction to the tournament. They've won this one by five goals to him. Welcome guys to a new Gobazan podcast. Today we are going to pre- uh, review the match against Iran and Yemen, which finished 5-0. I'm joined by Sina Soimion and Samsona Tamijani from Gobazan. How are you doing, guys? Good, Arya. It's good to speak to you and Samson as well. Hey, thanks guys for the uh, pleasure of being on. It's, it's uh, good to be talking with you all again. Also, we're joined by two guests uh, who are going to call in at some point during the podcast uh, to speak about their little segments. So the first person that we've had on before is Kion Hesamion, and the other one is a guy who was actually at the game today uh, in in the stadium watching the match, uh, Shahine Raja. How are you doing, guys? It's Kion. Good to be here, you know. Uh, great, great to be here with you guys again. Thank you very much. And Shahine? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here. Awesome. Right, let's kick on. So, first of all, Sino, how was the game for you? How did you find it? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think, you know, of course, with a scoreline like 5-0, it's really hard to complain because we've got the result. And I think there was a performance to go with it as well. Um, uh, I think if you told any of us that we were going to score five goals, I know we were playing Yemen. I still think it would have been some doubts because we usually, uh, even against lesser opposition, we tend to still play the defensive and the counter-attacking um, uh, tactics. But I think there was a difference in today's game. Um, we saw Osmoon uh, starting uh, as a as a sole striker with Tarimi on the left and Torabi on the right. And I think that the combination between the three worked perfectly. One thing that stood out for me was the freedom of movement that uh, Torabi had in particular. Uh, he was interchanging well with uh, Tarami. There was, uh, you know, it was really fluid and, and good to see as well. And I think, um, I mean, in the last pod, we talked about scoring an early goal to make it easy for ourselves, and, and we did that perfectly. I think with Tarami's goal, I know he came from a, uh, a poor save from the, from the goalkeeper, but he kind of took the pressure off us and it, uh, it meant Yemen didn't really have much to hold on for the rest of the game, which made it easier for us. And going on to score in the two and third goal in a very uh, short space of time. So I think in terms of performance as a team, 
Uh, there's not much we can complain about. As I said, we scored five goals. And I know even the critics of, of Kero should talk about the defensive uh, tactics too much. And I think today everyone everyone enjoyed watching the game and the amount of chances we created, even though in the first 10-15 minutes I think we were a bit shaky, which is completely understandable. It's the first game in the tournament uh, and uh, there's, there's always nerves, regardless of, of who you play against. But uh, I thought it was a pleasing performance and, of course, a good result for a first game. Samson, what about you? Yeah, you, know, you always think, uh, you know, how can they compare when they play against uh, teams on the world stage, like what they face with Spain, Portugal, Morocco, and then shifting back to the AFC and, and the, the, against the teams that are that have a longer history with Iran and playing against them, and then and then you look at. Uh, the preparation again with the the the, the prep matches were uh, you know not the strongest performances in the in the friendlies obviously and so you wonder you know are are they gonna you know lay an egg a little bit with starting are they gonna start kind of shaky like we've had before the defense wasn't uh, wasn't as organized as we'd expect in the in some of the friendly games leading up to it but but nonetheless they they really silenced any critics and uh, I saw an organized match there was. A lot of fluidity with the offensive movement of the attacking third. As Moon found space, Tarami found space, Dejaga found space. Um, even the defenders moving in, uh, Rezaian sending good balls, um, and then you recognize, of course, it's five nil. So it's a very satisfying match for Iranian fans. Of course, uh, Karosh uh, has a very level head, and uh, uh, I'm sure he immediately told him now it's it's time to get ready for uh, the next match. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree. I think um, for sure the first 10 minutes of the game, we could see that Iran were a little bit shaky. We were trying to get into the game. A few of our players, who we'll come to in a minute, had a bit of a, a tough time at the start, making a few mistakes. Uh, but I think as the game progressed after the first goal in particular, I think we saw Iran really come into... You know, the shackles came off and the goals were just were just flowing, I think. Uh, it's something that we haven't seen from Iran. Just, we've not seen Iran score more than, I think, three goals um, in, a, in a long, long time. So it was good to see, you know. So I think, uh, I think now we'll, we'll move on. We'll speak about uh, the, the individual players. So we'll go on to Sina. Sina, what did you think about um, the negative aspect, the first 10 minutes, when we saw Majid Hosseini and Hoy Safi have a bit of a hard time we saw Majid make a, a really strong tackle, could have got sent off, uh, probably should have got sent off, and then Hoysafi was, you know, his first touch was all over the place. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think just going back to the last point and the fact that you said he was, it was a really large win, win, and just to bring a stat out for you to to uh, confirm uh, what you said, you know, this five nil win was the biggest win we've had in. Uh, in the Asian Cup since the year 2000, uh, in which we beat Lebanon 4-0 in the group stages. So uh, I think it might be just our biggest win in Asian Cup history. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah, a huge, a huge result. We're also going into perform- uh, individual performances, like you said. I think we've, we've talked about Hoysafi so much at left-back and, and questioned uh, why he, he starts in that position. And I think this game, again, even though it was a comfortable win, he's still... Uh, raised some questions over his his position. I think over his defensive uh, and defensive side of the game, and I think generally his decision making off the ball is questionable. He he mistimes his tackles, 
and uh, I think it's a, it makes it a bit confusing for the centre backs as well. Uh, Majid is generally a very very reliable defender. I've seen him um, in the past six months for Iran, but uh, in the past year or so at Esteban, of course at Trabzonspor as well, he's been reliable. But I think when you put him next to a defender who maybe is not as confident and is not so sure about his role, it makes it confusing for the centre-back as well. So I would put Hosseini's um, below-average performance for his standards down to Hossafi's involvement on the left-hand side as well. But that was mostly in the first 15-20 uh, minutes. But as the game grew on and, and as uh, we started to score more goals, I think they, got, they both got comfortable in their roles. Um but I think in terms of the tackle that you mentioned uh, about Hosseini, definite red card, absolutely. But I think um, generally the whole team was a little too pumped up in the early stages. I'd say the first 30 minutes, there was a few um, reckless challenges flying around. There was a couple from, from Amiri in particular. And I think those were the nerves, but also how much the team wanted to, to win the game, which is completely understandable. But... Uh, I mean, we, we mentioned in the last podcast as well, it's, it's really important in these sort of games. You keep a cool head regardless of the score, regardless of of uh, how frustrating uh, things can get. And uh, Today, we were lucky. We, did, we weren't reduced down to 10 men. On another day, in the quarterfinals or, or even further up, we can't be risking these things. And we need to be making sure that we are composed in, in, in how we tackle. And again, uh, I, I think... In the early stages, it was the whole team and not just Hosseini. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that um, it's, it's also good to mention that uh, Hosseini did come up, he came up at half-time. And we speculated on Twitter that it could have been because Kairos wanted to maybe show him that, you know, it was a red card and he has to come off. But um, news has been has just been announced uh, actually from Omid Ibrahimi in an in, in interview saying that he was uh, actually tested for um, a doping, doping test, and um, you know that can obviously mean that he was, you know, given a blood a blood sample, and it, you know that could affect um, his performance if he stays on. So we'll just uh, have to look into that for the next game against Vietnam. Um, now we'll go on to Shaheen, Shaheen, uh, who his Twitter handle is world underscore wide underscore fob. Shaheen, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Uh, Sean, so you were, at the, you were at the game. You were in the stadium. Uh, and you had a better view than all of us. So tell tell us, what was your view of the first sort of 10, 15 minutes that we had a bit of a struggle? Uh, yeah, for me personally, it was kind of reminiscent of the first game of the World Cup, how we came out kind of, like you guys said, kind of jittery first game of the tournament, kind of nerves. But when you kind of look back, it's, We've kind of had a history in the friendlies as well, where sometimes we kind of struggle to snap out of first gear. This game in particular, it felt like the first 10, 12 minutes until the Methi Tottenham goal, we were kind of all over the place. And then after that, we started to kind of snap out of first gear and get into the flow of the game more. And then after the second goal, it seemed like that's when we really kind of got behind it and it became... A solidified effort, more composed and relaxed for me. That's what it seemed like to me. And Sean, you were actually um, in the in the stadium. So tell us the atmosphere. What was it like? What were the fans like? You know, did you enjoy it? <laughs> Obviously, you know, what what, what was your um, impressions of, of, of the match itself? 
Uh, the atmosphere was actually amazing. I think there was at least a couple of thousand Iranians in there. It felt like there was, they had the drums out singing songs, chants. It felt almost like we were at Azadi Stadium. It felt like a home game for us, especially since we had the Yemeni fans outnumbered by a lot. So it felt like we had an advantage in that sense for sure. Shaheen, I've got a question for you, going back to the atmosphere and the amounts of fans. For us, for me personally, I know a few other people as well, there was uh, some question marks over the, I know, I know, as you said, there was a good atmosphere, but we expected more Iranians to be, to be present at the stadium, considering the Iranian contingent in the UAE and also how easy it is tra- to travel over there. Um, what does it feel like outside of the stadium? Are there a lot of fans? Are they excited? And are you expecting the numbers of Iranian fans attending the games to be more than it was today going forward? Uh, yeah, well, as far as the increase in attendance, I think definitely, especially after the Iraq game. But outside of the stadium, it uh, it felt, like I said, it felt like we were at Azadi. It felt like we were, it was a home game for us. And I spoke to a few people, and there was actually quite a few people who flew in from Tehran to watch the game. But going back to what you said, I think definitely we'll see an increase, especially from the Iraq game and moving forward from there. Thanks very much, Shaheen. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me, I guess. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Okay, so we'll move on um, to the next question. That comes for uh, Samson. Samson, give us a little bit about uh, Dejagah, the captain. He had a, 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 a situation where he scored a, a free kick. Obviously, it came off the keeper's back. Saud... Uh, Al Sawadi, I believe, he scored the own goal. That's what, what was given as. How was his performance? Uh, played 90 minutes. What did you think? Dejaga, I was really pleasantly surprised because I mean he hasn't been making strides comparatively speaking uh, for Iranian players in, in the club. Obviously, he's tried to find his rhythm. He didn't have a definitely didn't have a tremendous impact in the World Cup, and, and to see him get the start, to see him uh, really be back in stride and and be a really good distributor, being a huge attacking presence, and then obviously with the execution of that free kick. It's just a, it's like a breath of fresh air, really, because he, he's he's such an experienced and, and valuable asset, big, uh, just in terms of presence. Uh, he played all 90 minutes, and uh, which uh, which shows that his stamina was up, and uh, he really showed good value, guys. He wasn't really one of the guys that made any of those awful tackles, like like he said uh, earlier in the match. Uh, I should have mentioned that when I was talking about my review of the game overall. I mean, I mean, you get a red card for that. That completely changes the uh, complexion of the game. Maybe you still get the win, but it, it's it's still a big um, big sore on the forehead there. But but no, nonetheless, Dejagao was a good presence, and uh, I'm pretty happy with the way he played. I, I I didn't I wasn't particularly focused on his style of play besides just when, just when he made space for himself and and sent uh, decent through balls. I mean there there were a couple forced passes just overall in the attacking third, but nonetheless, the rhythm was good, and so that that's what I have. Excellent, thank you. Uh, and then now we'll, we'll bring on Keon. Keon, uh, who was on the last podcast with me, I think it was for the Bolivia game. Uh, Keon's Twitter handle is K underscore MX040. Keon, how you doing, man? I'm good, guys, thanks. Keon, uh, give us your thoughts on Dejaga's performance, and also I think you want to speak about um, Rezaian. Rezaian. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, so, you know, um, we've seen Nezaga. We know that uh, he's a versatile player. We know that in the past he's played in the midfield before. Uh, but in this game, I almost feel like he finally found a place uh, within the lineup that suits him at this age. You know, we knew that he's had issues at the club level, getting playing time up until this season. Um, you know, he's been playing well this season. It seems like he's very fit, um, and I was very happy to see that. But obviously, with age, you know, I don't think that he would have been suited anymore to play on the wing. And this game, I saw a really interesting role in which he was kind of playing as a right-sided box-to-box midfielder. But what he really changed in the game, in my opinion, what really stood out to me was that um, Rezaian, um, when we would attack, we would transition really nicely on the right side. And what would happen is that Rezaian would almost slide out a little bit as if he was covering for Rezaian on the right back side. And then um, Ebrahimi would slide a little bit, and then so would Kurali Ganji. And then Kurali Ganji would almost just be like right in the middle. And then Rezaian, essentially, for a large portion of the game, was a right winger. And he was just putting in really good crosses. I know sometimes he. Sometimes he overhits them, and some, you know, we had questions over whether or not Rezaian was going to be sharp this game. But I think his crosses were really well weighted this game, and I hope he's able to continue giving that type of service um, on the right side. And it was really great to see that because it, it really the transition on that side between Dejaga and Rezaian, kind of letting him have that freedom going forward, was uh, great to see. And I think that Dejaga has found a role for himself in the starting lineup in this position, and I think that he was absolutely stellar. Keon, thank you very much, man. Appreciate you have. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Okay, so we'll focus on a little bit on Taremi. Sina, uh, what did you think about Taremi's performance? He scored two goals. He scored the first goal off of Osman's assist, uh, Osman's, uh, Osman's rebound. Uh, it was saved and then he parried it out and he, he tapped it in. And then the second goal came off a great cross from Rezalion, as uh, Keon mentioned, and it was a great header into the top corner. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think this is all. This was always going to be a an important tournament for him. Um, I think this is his territory. When we talk about Asian football and Asian opponents, I don't think we have a striker as good as Tottenham who knows the opponents and is so used to playing against these kind of a position. And and uh, for me, it wasn't much of a surprise. Uh, that he scored and he was so crucial. I mean, the, uh, in the WhatsApp group we were talking before the game, and and I did and I said that he might score a couple, and and that's because I think, as you said, with the fact that when when you play against opposition like Yemen, as Kion said, we have to push our fullbacks on, and and of course we know Rezoyan has great crossing abilities, and he's always going to find uh, Taremi, and I think Taremi's positioning, especially in the box, was really good. I personally think he was unlucky not to get a hat trick. And he had the opportunity to score the third goal, uh, but I think he's going to be a really, really important player for us going into going further into the competition. We haven't seen Osmond score as many goals as he has done. I know he scored today, and it was a goal that he thoroughly deserved. I think he, he was he was really good today, um, but I think there's going to be so much attention and so much focus from uh, the opposition defense on making sure that uh, Osman is not a threat, that uh, Ptolemy can sometimes pass by them. And, and I think uh, he can, he will score some crucial goals for us, regardless of the two goals he scored today. And of course, with the duties, the defensive duties that he has, he will, uh, you know, against bigger opposition, it's, uh, it's something that uh, Kero's trusting with. We have seen him um, uh, play that role well. Um, I know there's been times where, there's been questions asked about him and, and whether he deserves to be in a starting role. But for me, in this kind of competitions, in this kind of competition, it's absolutely made for him. 
and uh, I don't think there is any doubt that he should be a starter. And of course, today kind of uh, confirmed it with that, uh, with the brace and the uh, and the performance as well. Yeah, and actually, um, I was watching IRIB after the match, and uh, Hesh Matin Mohajirani, the coach of the 1978 World Cup, he was on to just to speak about the match, and uh, he was saying that Taremi's performance remind, reminded him of um, Ali Aidoi, and uh, obviously because Aidoi was a great player with his feet and his head, and obviously Taremi scored a great goal with his head, and of course a, a nice finish with his feet. So it's a nice um, comparison for him, and obviously hopefully he keeps going and. If he can get a top goal scorer in a tournament, it'd be fantastic. Um, Samson, next question is for you. And it's obviously about, in my opinion, um, the man of the match, um, which was actually awarded to Dejargah. But for me, Torabi was man of the match. And Torabi had a, a great game, hit, hit the crossbar at one point, and a fantastic strike. Um, what did you think of his performance? Yeah, you know, you can award the men of the match to several of these guys. Anytime you have five nil with different goal scorers, you know, everyone everyone in the uh, in the attacking part of the game has a big part. Taravi, really, in, the, in all of them together, they they had just great vision throughout the the attacks. Even Rezaion with the with his crosses, he was you know he was always looking for uh, someone to distribute to. Obviously, uh, even uh, Ibrahimi was uh, you know in the center, center back uh, or. The, the stopper position. He had great passing work. Dejaga with with his movement. Asmoon, Tyrami, they found a lot of space dribbling uh, between the defenders. You know, honestly, I would give the man of the match if I were to pick to Tyrami, considering what what happened with just his role uh, in the World Cup, almost having that winning goal. And that you'd think back home, when, I mean, the level of criticism that Asmoon got, you think Tyrami would get some criticism for. Not being able to score that winner, but but no, I mean he's a he showed a tremendous maturity. He showed great vision. If you go back uh, to the first goal, uh, it starts with a give and go that he receives in the middle. He gives it to Asmoon and then just immediately sprints past the past the defense. And if you look on the replay, all the defenders are on their heels. They're they're totally facing Asmoon, focusing on his shot, and then Tarami has the vision to think. If I keep in stride, I will be right in front of the goal, and that's obviously what happens. And he just has a simple tap, and you think it's easy, but it all started with his vision, and that's what really got the the scoring started. Fast forward to the to his goal, obviously the tremendous header, to the presence of him right in front of the goalie. Whenever Asmoon had his goal that was you know just across the goal line, if Tarami is not there, the goalie likely easily gets the ball. So he moved into that gap. It made it hard for the goalie to, to have a shot. The goalie whiffed on it. He created havoc the entire time for the defense, and so I was just really pleased with that. Obviously, Tarabi Tar- almost had a fourth center top 10 goal. That was fantastic. Just overall division. I, I'm very just really satisfied with that offensive movement. And when you talk about a, a Kurosh-led Iran team, you don't really think of offensive power, but I really think that they, they found the rhythm and that they, they, they created some ideas for themselves when they play better teams. Yeah, and, and in talking about your offensive power, you're looking at a team who had 70% of possession throughout the whole game. We had 20 shots, nine of them were on target. You know, we, we won 64% of the duels. These stats are actually from Matrika Stats, who gave us their stats very kindly. Um, you know, we, we dominated the game by far in terms of the attack, and also defensively, we, we were strong as well. Didn't, didn't have any shots on target. Bayron Band was, you know, 
almost like sitting down doing nothing the whole game. So, you know, it, it was a good performance overall. Um, I want to quickly uh, touch on the substitutes. Godus came on. Godus came on. He scored the goal. For me, that could be a candidate for goal of the season. Um, you know, a volley across his body into the bottom corner. Fantastic technique. Um, Sina, what did you, uh, what did you think of Kodos? Yeah, I mean, um, personally, I think he was one of those players that I wanted to, I wanted him to start, uh, through the middle. Um, he didn't, but he came on and, and, and uh, he had a great impact on the game. Of course, the goal uh, that you mentioned, it was spectacular. And like you said, on a full volley. And, and I think that's something that they've worked on in terms of, he was waiting there on the uh, on the edge of the box for that free kick to make sure that if there's any rebounds or if there's any uh, any clearances, he's there to pick it up. And, and he did a brilliant job at it. He was when he came on, he was uh, dangerous. Um, he was linking up well with the players. And and I think um, uh, considering that uh, this is not the World Cup where we will have three games or, or maximum four, and the amount of players we can use is, is very limited. I think if we want to go further into this competition, we have to be able to rotate. And I think, uh, well, I'm hoping that in one of these uh, one of these games, uh, he will be starting, uh, whether it's against Vietnam or Iraq. But the guy who started for him in, in Dejogar, I thought he was he was fantastic. As, as I think it was Kion that mentioned it. Um, I think he dominated the game well with his with his passing. And one of the things that really surprised me in terms of Dejogar was his ability to finish the game. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen him um, in a team Alicia being able to play 90 minutes. There's always been question marks over his fitness. Of course, you know, this is not a big opponent uh, with uh, a lot of preparation and a lot of uh, running abilities. Uh, And I wonder whether he can play 90 minutes again in a a more intense match. But um, I think he did his, his job really well. But going back to the substitutes, again, they were kind of, uh, predictable. I mean, Karim came on as well. He's going to be another player that we will see start in the next couple of games. Um, of course, we have Jahan Mach coming back from injury. We still don't know whether he will be back for the Vietnam game or we'll have to wait until the further um, games further on into this tournament to be able to see him. But I thought, again, Torabi, he was uh, he was magnificent on the right. And I mean, for me personally, we knew that he can be uh, really important for us off the bench. He's, he's pacey, he's got bags of energy, he's direct, and he can unlock any team when he comes on. But I think for me personally, it was always about, you know, can he have the same impact as a, as a player who's starting from the beginning? And I thought... He answered those questions well. But again, we, we've got to be realistic when we talk about these plays and we've got to understand the context that, you know, uh, this is no disrespect to Yemen, but this is not the, you know, the hardest game we'll play. This is uh, this is the beginning of the road. We take the positives, but we won't get complacent and let's not read too much into them. Um, that's how I feel. Yeah, and I know you're saying about, you know, how much Torabi's effect in the game when he was starting but when Kodos came on we saw he moved to the left wing and Torabi actually t- took um, Amiri's position in the sort of left central midfield role if, if you will and he, again he was you know working hard and it, it shows that he's so versatile um, and that he can offer so much to the national team and if you know Jambash comes back in he can go into right wing Torabi can maybe go into the centre midfield so there's so many options with um, 
chaos to work with for the next coming matches. Um, we'll go on to some Twitter questions uh, very quickly. So the first Twitter question uh, comes from Amir Ish. E-S-E-C-H on Twitter. Yeah, he says, should Ansari Fard start instead of Osmond? We'll ask that to Samson. Yeah, I was about to say, that's a, that's a good question. And sorry for it, it brings uh, power with shooting. He, he knows how to shoot on target. He knows just like as, as Moon, he can he can dribble and create one-twos. And, you know, they, they really both work in the offense well. And, and, you know, a lot of times we think, just when in doubt, Karosh knows best. But uh, no, I I have confidence in whatever whoever he wants to put in because they're both very experienced players. They both are just used to scoring. They don't bring any timidness, especially against Asian competition. They've both uh, done well. I, I'm curious to see what you guys think also because I mean this could go either way in terms of guys up front, right? Yeah, I I, I think that um is good for the sort of you know rotation of the players. Because I thought Osmond had a, a good game against um, Yemen, but maybe he can get rested and then answer if I can play. Because against Vietnam, again, it could be a similar game. We could have a lot of possession. You know, we don't have to tire his legs out. So I think it's a good good option. Uh, so Sina, next question I'll ask for you on Twitter. Uh, it comes from where is he? Uh, it comes from all for Team Lee and his uh, Twitter handle is. G-F-A-R underscore underscore. He's asking, do you guys see Mohamed starting instead of Hoi Safi for the Vietnam game? Again, I think, um, well, I already mentioned that I, I don't feel comfortable with Hoi Safi at left back. But even even if we consider Hoi Safi as a first choice left back and also take the point that you just mentioned about Ansari Fad and Osman about the, the importance of rotation, um, I think we will see him starting at some point. But I'm assuming uh, uh, that they are asking whether he should be the first choice left back rather than just coming in as a as a rotated player. And I, and I think absolutely yes. I I mean I really like Vahid Amiri. I think he got a lot of criticism uh, prior to the World Cup over his his involvement, but he proved in the World Cup that he he can be really useful with uh, with his uh, fighting spirit, with his desire, with how uh, you know he, how fit he is and how much he can run, and I think he will be important for us in the latter stages of the competition. But I think in the group stages, I think Hajj Safi can do the job that he does in in central midfield, and um, which allows Mohammadi to sort our left back. And look, we, we talked about how well Rezoyan performed at the right, uh, constantly overlapping and providing those crosses. And I and I trust Mohammadi can do the exact same thing. He's got, again, he's he's very very fit. Uh, we've seen him uh, for um, Ahmed uh, Grozny in, in in Russia. That his ability to run up and down on the left hand side, and and I think he can be a really good option for us. Um, not just as a player who comes in as a you know in a rotated side, but but rather as a first choice left back. And we've seen he he used to be our first choice left back, and. I, I was actually thinking about this the other day and, and I came across the game that we had the friendly game prior to the World Cup against Turkey. And that's, I think that was the last game he played at uh, first choice at, as left back. And then we all remember what a, a terrible, terrible perform, team performance that was, uh, in that friendly game. Uh, I think Cheshmi was horrible. Masoud Chajai in defensive midfield role was absolutely shocking. And, and I wonder if that game swayed uh, Kairosh's opinion of, of him, which is kind of disappointing. But 
Um, I think, again, personally, I think he's he's young and he should be given the chance to to start at left back, and and he can be useful. I think I think also um, aside from the Turkey match, he, he also got an own goal. He scored an own goal against. That was it for um, Tunisia, and also that he started that game as well. Maybe that could have been another accumulation of errors that, he, that Kiroz might have seen in him that he didn't play him at left back for the World Cup. Um, so. We'll move on to what this game um, provides Iran for the rest of the tournament. So actually a question is from Twitter handle Ashkan Pcap on Twitter. He asks, what are the chances of Iran winning the championship? So Samson, this match was great, a great morale booster for the players. But what does this game um, give the players in terms of winning the competition? The fact that Iran has that that Kiros can have this kind of rotation with with three uh, points right out right off the bat plus five goal differential then the the fact that you know Vietnam is is not a as high level team and Iraq uh, is you know really the biggest challenge and on paper they're not one of the best teams but still serve a challenge but regardless Iran has the option of of rotating guys and you know. I mean, I can only assume that we'll see uh, Milad Mohammadi at at, uh, at left back as a either not either as a sub or starting the next match, so on and so forth. A lot of options. So Iran really has superior stamina and conditioning that that gives Iran fans a lot to be confident about. Looking at the tables, they would most likely be matched with um, the Group C runner-up, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so in, in the second round, he'll be they'll face the I think it's the third place of it's three of the groups, and then you know it's, it's what happens after that. For Iran fans that, that want to travel to UAE or in UAE, I mean this is this is as good as it gets. You're, you're not far from your home turf. You you have the momentum. The guys are, are sticking with each other despite the injuries. Um, like as a tall, uh, you know, they're they're not letting it shake them. This is something to really be confident, but obviously cautiously, because uh, again, it's been over four decades, you know. So Iranian fans are are used to disappointment in an unfair way, but at the same time, these players are emotionally mature. They they are equipped to go to the final. So I, I think with the the statement that they made in this first game, this is they are right where they want to be. And I, I don't see any reason to place your bets elsewhere. Korea did not have a, a really satisfying first match uh, out the out of the gate. Australia, of course, had had that loss. You know, China had to come back. We'll, we'll see what uh, what Iraq and, and Vietnam what what they hold uh, down the stretch. I think right now Iran is in a place to advance, and they're in a place to go far, guys. Yes. Yeah, so Cena actually just on on um, Samson's last point about. Australia losing 1-0. Um, we had South Korea play Thailand today. They won 1-0, but they had a really bad performance, in my opinion. I think Thailand really pushed them all the way. Um, yeah, against the Philippines, my, my fault. Um, and then, yeah, uh, also China had a, you know, a, a bit of a poor performance as well. So, having said that, what do you think that gives Iran in terms of the further on to the tournament? Not much. <laughs> I know it sounds a bit uh, weird to say, but you know, this edition of the Asian Cup, we've seen an increase in the number of the teams that are taking, uh, are participating, uh, which means uh, some of the third place teams in the groups, as as uh, Samson said, have the chance of 
of coming up and Australia is definitely one of them and there's three groups if we finish top of the of our group there's third place teams of three groups that we could play and Australia is one of them now with the defeat to Jordan it puts them in a position that they could possibly finish third and um, again going back to competitions in the past for example in Euro 2016 when Portugal won the won the tournament we saw how badly they started it they had a horrible group stages but then they they grew into the tournament going back to 2010 Spain started their first game with a loss they went they went on to win it so I'm not sure if we can read much into the other team's results and our own results considering the team we've played I think it's uh, I think even if you ask Kairos whether it would even matter to him that we won 5-0 or or 1-0 he would say no because at the moment in the group stages it's all about getting the job done and going to the next round it doesn't matter how you do it it's just about getting past your opponents each game and going further into the competition we scored five goals we played attackingly perfect beautiful 75 70% possession brilliant again but does it mean much for us when we go into the knockouts probably not um I think one thing that actually we can take away from this 5-0 that I think could possibly help us in knockout stages is the variety of the goals that we scored. We scored from a corner when I was wounded. We scored from Poddus uh, Long Rage efforts and, and uh, the Tarimi goal, uh, the header from Rosalian's cross. That's three different types of goals that we scored. Uh, and I think that proves that there's different ways of us, uh, there's different ways that we can be dangerous. And of course, we know on the counter um, we are um, we are a threat as well so I think that's the only positive but other than that I, I don't think we can read into this result and also the team's result too much I mean I watched the South Korea's game today against the Philippines and and to be to be honest with you Philippines had the best chances of the game <laughs> but South Korea ended up winning 1-0 and that's what you call getting the job done uh, because they have the quality and of course they, they're without Son Hong Min who is undoubtedly the best player in Asia so um, and of course, we haven't seen Japan play yet. So uh, I think uh, we have to wait until the knockout stages to, to, to be able to judge um, the quality of the teams and, and whether they can go further or not. As, as for us, a great start, a game brilliant to watch. But again, um, I'm not sure if you can read too much into it going further. Yeah, and again, uh, I think that hopefully uh, against Vietnam, we can sort of you know, at least get this momentum going. So uh, quickly, just on Vietnam, uh, the game's on Saturday. Uh, we play them, uh, I think it's quite early on in, in the day. Um, what do you think, Samson, about this game? Do you think that Iran need to make changes, need to change the team up? Should we stay the same way? They won the AFF championship, that's, so it's, I mean, that's a big confidence booster for them going into the AFC Cup. But at the same time, you know, that, that competition isn't very high, but, but at the same time, you know, they beat, they beat the uh, Philippines in the, in the semifinal in that. Philippines went on to, uh, you know, now playing Korea very tough. I mean, nonetheless, they, there is no, um, really loss of confidence barring any huge setback against Iraq. The day after you know that uh, we're recording this podcast right now, there's obviously a lot of availability for Karis to choose from with 
with rotating guys. I mean, we, we saw uh, Montezeri come in off the bench and as a sub. We obviously still have Milad Mohammadi to fill in at the left back. You have placing Dejagar wherever you want. Also, Shojai. We haven't even talked about Shojai with what he can do. And, uh, and then Jahan Baksh. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, guys. Is he is he going to be still eligible since he since he wasn't? I mean, I, I think he was training uh, this week. And I think he was getting slow light training, but hopefully. Yeah, I think it, t- it takes a little while for him to get into that sort of groove of being a match fit, you know, uh, for the for the Vietnam game. I think maybe we- we'll see him fully fit for the Iraq game. I don't know what Cena thinks. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, again, it depends on uh, his match fitness, but also is he willing to risk him even against Iraq or is he just going to wait until the knockout stages? But that's uh, that's one thing we have to wait and see. And of course, with today's performance of Torabi, maybe we don't need to rush him back just yet. We have to just touch on quickly about the, the bookings. We only had one booking for Ramin Rezaian, uh, which in my opinion wasn't a yellow card, but we'll, 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 we'll give it to him. Um, obviously, Majid Hosseini and Vahid Amiri, who were getting stuck in early on, didn't get booked. So, you know, we, we, I think we dodged a bullet with that one. So, Sina, do, do you think we need to make changes? Do we think you just stay the same? Or... Do we think that maybe Mirad Mohammadi comes in, Kafuri might come in for Rezaian, Ansarifar, Kodos, there's a lot of players we can actually change um, for the Vietnam game. I think he already has, I mean, even before today's game, he already had a, of a he already had a view of, of uh, who's going to start against Vietnam and the rotated players. But also, I think um, Iraq will take on Vietnam tomorrow on, on Tuesday. And, and I think the result of that game may have an effect on who he starts against Vietnam. And I think if Iraq does get a win tomorrow, then it puts even more importance on, on our last game against Iraq, which means maybe he will field a stronger team, which again means more rotated players next week. But next week, but we'll have to wait and see. But there's no doubt that there will be rotation. Um, it wouldn't be one of those where we'll have 11, well, 10 changes. No, absolutely not. And I, thought, I don't think that's the right way to do it, but We'll have, I think, three or four changes uh, maximum compared to today's game. And then we'll see changes again um, going into the Iraq game. Because as I said, you know, we, if we want to win this competition or even if we want to go further, we can't be playing the same six or seven every single game. Because by the time it gets to the semifinals, they'll be out of their depth. So um, and I think players like Dejogia, who, who we already touched on his, on his fitness Osmoon is another one who usually lasts around 60 to 70 minutes in, in, in major games. He's another one that, that will be rested at some point, but there are also other players too. And, I, and considering the squad that he has taken with the names that you've already, you and Samson already mentioned, like Masoud, uh, like of course, uh, Samon, Kodus, Kariman, Sarifar, and, and other plays, we will see rotation. I think it definitely is needed, needed. But also, I think Vietnam aren't a, aren't a team that should be underestimated. Um, as Samsung mentioned, they, they won the AFF, uh, uh, tournament. And I think that was a, that was a really big deal for them. I think, if I'm correct, this is one of their best footballing generations that they've had. Um, of course, we know typically, East Asian teams uh, tend to have uh, great running stats and, and they have great uh, fitness. Um, so it wouldn't be an easy game for us at all and, and, and we we should not be underestimating them. Um, I think we'll still be able to, to get a win, but uh, it wouldn't be as straightforward as, as, as the game against Yemen. 
Okay, guys, thanks very much for coming on. Sina, of course, uh, you are on BBC Persian um, today, speaking about the, the, the Yemen game. And, of course, he was on Radio Offside with um, the, the podcast that does podcasts on football around the world in Farsi. Go and check that out. Great job, Sina. And also, Samson, great job coming on into your debut on the podcast. Of course, Samson's our editor. He edits all our podcasts, but he will also be featuring on our podcast now on as well. Yeah, I think, I think Samson definitely deserves a special mention because <laughs> although we, we are the ones who come and talk on the, on different episodes, but he's the one who's doing the hard, hard work behind the scenes. I think he's already been on an episode before. You have Samson, have you, if I, if I remember correctly, but I think this is something that uh, we should be doing more games. Samson a lot more but again Samson is the hero we didn't think we need he's been brilliant uh, behind the scenes with the team and he we, we all definitely appreciate all these efforts appreciate that guys I, I gotta admit I, I was uh, I was prepping with, with some notes from the game with the lineup I, I was not prepping for uh, for you guys to send me to uh, Hollywood with all this fame I'm getting <laughs> no it's, uh, it's our pleasure um, but yeah guys uh, thanks very much for listening obviously follow us on Twitter Instagram Facebook we will keep you updated for the tournament and hopefully we'll have similar sort of guests on for the Vietnam review Thanks also for send us send us your predicted lineups what you think of the score against Vietnam and of course as Aria said as well we are, we are going to have Collins again aren't we, in the, the next episode yeah and we've actually got them confirmed so just stay tuned we'll, we'll get them we'll get them on as soon as possible thanks so much for listening see you next time hey this is Arash Markazi from ESPN and you're listening to Golbezan your one stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news